good skeleton. Bad, bad dog. dog. Go outside. Bad, bad dog. dog. That's fucking great, dude. You gotta cover this. Dude, thank you. I can't believe you haven't listened to this album yet. Do you know do you remember what we're doing this week? Yes, I do. It's called Flip the Rat, but I have no idea what it is. Wow, I can't believe it. I'm crushing it vocally. You should check it out. Here, Google it real quick. Okay. Flip the rat. Let me share the screen. Okay. First thing this, that came up, it's gotta be oh. this. Click on that. Um wait, hold on, there's an ad playing. Yeah, naturally, naturally. Okay, okay, let me turn the volume back on so it's not like that last debacle we had that I think was a blooper or we played through it. I don't remember, but it's about it's to not start. clear. Yo, guys, what up? It's me, Flip the Rat, the kick-flipping rat. Ho-ho, <laughs> and we bouts to flip it today. I'm going to teach all of you guys how to 360 flip. That's when the board does a 360 shove it, a.k.a. just it goes around in a circle um, on, like, the... Uh, the v-axis i'm not really smart remember i'm a rat and then it does a kick flip or you can do a varial flip which i think is a heel flip i'm not sure again I... i'm a rat so let's check this out i yeah. didn't know this was going to be a tutorial whoa whoa yeah oh yeah james whoa i know this this is fucking great dude yes oh my gosh is this the album no, I meant to tell you before you clicked the video, but absolutely not. Has nothing to do with the album. Completely unrelated. I'm pissed now. Why would we not be this? Like, this is time stamped a couple days after, but he's been oh, on wow. YouTube for years. That's interesting. I Wow, I didn't check that timestamp. Hey, guys, I, I can only do a few flips because, like, I'm a normal-sized rat, and this is a normal-sized... Uh, skateboard. So, oh boy, is my body hurting for a squirting, aka drink squirt. It's delicious. Okay, okay, he's got some brand deals. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, James, I made you watch something that has nothing to do with the album, but like, yo, this is really good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, Maybe he, this is the new podcast. What's his What's his sign out? What's he gonna say? I don't know. Probably some YouTube shit. All right, guys. As always, fuck Chuck E. Cheese and most especially, fuck Pizza Rat. Whoa, whoa, okay, okay. I didn't know where this was going to end up. I can't, we can't do a podcast on this guy. This guy's an asshole. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I love Pizza Rat, but... He's great. He's the godfather to the children I don't have yet. Flip the Rat makes nice points. I'm whoa. on his side. Wow. Okay, uh, wow. All right, guys, see you later. Check out all my videos, and don't forget to like, comment, hit that bell, subscribe, and keep it wicked. Hey guys, uh, welcome to Shuffling the Deck, motherfuckers. The wow. only definitive introductory ICP playlist podcast that this co-host is fucking tired of. ICP, Yo. why can't you do better right now? Hold on, hold on. Let's let's let's, let's ease them in. Ease <gasps> them in. If you're if if you're an old if you're an old ICP head, welcome in. If you're a brand new juggalo, hey, so am I. Welcome in. <laughs> 
Uh, James is struggling with this week's album. I'm sure. Uh, no, I've also listened to it the following week's albums just to be like, hey, what should I be in for? We're skipping mm-hmm. Yum Yum's lure or whatever. We do not need to do that. It's another okay. EP. And then it's just Furious Fred's Fury or whatever the fuck that one's called. And then Yum <laughs> Yum Bedlam. It's the Splash Woman of the Joker's cards. What is Splash Woman? It's the first female robot in Mega Man. Okay. So this is the first female Joker card. Oh, Joker. Okay. 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 I wasn't sure where I wasn't sure where that comparison was going, but uh, happy to go. Happy to get there. Happy to get there. It, because it's a sideshow. I've seen Flip the Rats, Pussy, and Ooh Baby. That what? ladies all woman. <laughs> you ever been on Rule Thirty Four Pahil.net and searched? Insane clown posse, you should. I need to do that right now. Hold on, Sean. All right. Well, while you do that, I guess I'll take us through the sweaty times in 2019. Well, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. I really, also, you I want, wanna, you really want to break this down? Uh, yeah, I want. No, not just okay. that. But uh, we need to discuss something. Wow, there's sure. only eight images on Pahil.net of the insane clown posse. Okay. Oh, it's. I don't it's, know how to respond with that information. Oh, it, one of them is Violent J just getting blasted in the face by a cum shot, and it says, fucking miracles. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> what is this show? What happened to us? Okay, so that, that's that's all there is. And then there's also Shaggy okay. taking it in the mouth to, on the miracles video. But. Sure. Yesterday, you came over yeah. for Straight yes. to Patreon, Troll 2, guys. Finally the- saw Troll 2. Yeah, but you we're not going to tell you anything about Troll 2. This is preamble before we started watching. I uh, brought yeah. up my current disdain for Double Dare host Mark Summers. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? I've Okay, Sean, when's the last time you saw Double Dare that not at my apartment? Yesterday when I came over. Not at my apartment. Oh, I don't care. Exactly. So I think I'm kind of the scholar. I un- I watch Unwrapped every day. Is Mark Summers in that? He's the host of Unwrapped where he takes you to like random food in like factories and stuff and teaches you how they make your favorite foods. Okay, you want to know well, where Twinkies come from? Mark Summers is going to teach you. Wh- you want to know where Ho-Hos come from? Mark Summers is going to teach you. Does he s- do snacks that don't have anything to do with Hostess? Yes. But Mark Summers is going to teach you that stuff. I'm sorry. Go ahead, James. Okay. I'm talking 1986 era Mark Summers where he's just like, maybe it's him trying to make fun out of like a stressful or just bland job, even though he's making that fucking bank right now. But it's also being like tested every, uh, I, 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 this is pretty common, but if you didn't know, Double Dare, a notoriously messy Nickelodeon show. I mean, while Mark Summer is kind of, I think it's a form of OCD he dealt with, but was very much like triggered by the kind of messes that Double Dare literally made their money off of. So he's going through a lot. I think that was later on. I don't think it was fully in development in these early days, but either fucking way, if you are just like at your podium, you're not going to get all cheesed up with milky-like substances. Yeah, but he knows, like, we saw at the end of the show, he ends up covered in slime. He knows where, 
And I'm sure that's not the only show he ends with a suit covered in slime. He and you want to know why? How the show goes. It's retaliation from him being a fucking douche nozzle to the wow. PAs. Truly, wow. Robin, like you can see her seething of this man just being like, hee hee, I do pranks on set. Hey, guess what? If you have a fucking OCD and you're pulling pranks on other people in a fashion you don't want them to pull pranks on you, guess what? They and don't pull the pranks because you are going to get back. If you can't take it, don't dish it. Okay, Mark Summers, get fucked, get bent, see yourself out of the doors. He pulls pranks nonstop. So if he okay. has his OCD and does not want this, he should not be doing it to other people because people will be like, oh, this is now game for me to do as well in a cheeky fashion. But if it's like, oh, I don't want that, then people are like, well, then what are we supposed to do? Just take it from you because you're the host. Well, I'm not going to be like, like you can be a victim of something and still be a douchebag. That's possible. I don't care enough about this to con to have an <laughs> argument. I also okay. So I wanted to. This uh, is where that silence. Yeah, that's the last okay. thing. I I have one more thing to bring up because sure, a kid on Double Dare said like they they say, hey, here's some stuff about you. Oh, you do impressions, don't you? This is like episode 180 or 181, 182. In case you want to go back and watch it, it's within the first five minutes. He says to this person, you do impressions, don't you? And he says, oh, yeah, I do. Let's say I do a Kermit, Courage the Cowardly Dog, even though that wasn't out. I wanted to say the Cowardly Lion and Batman. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, you, you do anything else? And he goes, oh, yeah, I also do a, a man who has an Indian accent. And uh, Mark Summers goes, uh, you ought not do that one. Do that one. And he's like, uh, okay. And Mark Summers forces this kid to a nationally syndicated TV. Like, oh, I bet the, the landscape's going to change and this will be wrong. So when this is readily available. <laughs> That's yeah. why Mark Summers did it is because he wanted mm -hmm. to cancel this child from uh -huh. 1987. Yep. I, I mean, what it, it's, it wasn't that most likely because uh, a lot of these sort of those banter moments are sort of sent in their practice, not necessarily scripted, but they'll ask like, hey, what do you do? And the kid will tell you, like they plan out like, I'm going to do this at this uh, impression. And then like when they got to the day of, kid probably just like internally went, oh shit, I don't want to do that one. And so he listed all the other ones. And then like Mark's like, hey, that's not what we rehearsed. Do the line. Out of the, you know, this 180 that I have seen, 100 plus, None of these are planned out. These kids are like deer in headlights. That the, might just be kids, though, to be fair. Yeah. Like, they're not like, they're no Paul Rudd on Conan, where, sure, it's planned, but he can make it look so. No, they're children. It was planned, and now they're even more afraid because they have to hit their spots. You know, I, I, I think the they send in like, hey, here's the stuff I do. But besides that, nothing is planned out. They they don't know mm. any follow ups because sometimes there's not follow ups. And when there are follow ups, the kids are like, oh, OK, maybe. OK, then maybe it was eh, that's weird because like, I don't know. I have no idea. I would imagine when he sent in his impressions, he was on that list was. Indian dialect that will not age well mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um <laughs> but maybe not that's a there's, a there's a chance that like Mark Summers is like let me dig a little deeper because I don't give a fuck about Kermit the Frog I'm Mark Summers and I'm an asshole 
Mark Summers was banned from R the Simpsons because he kept saying, oh, here's a f- sign my change.org petition to bring back Apu. Is this a joke? No, no, this is an absolute joke. Like, yeah, the, oh. I'm not being serious. Uh, oh, OK. Um, should I laugh? I don't know, Sean. <laughs> this is what gets me up in the morning. Sweaty times. Just sandbagging all of your bits. Sweaty, speak sweaty times in 2019. I'm a bad friend. Uh, sweaty times in 2019. I'm, I'm leaving. Do your thing. Yeah, that's fair. I'm sorry, but I get it. So it's 20 times in 2019. Uh, we're going to have another album in 2019. So we're going to touch on some stuff. This is WrestleMania 35, uh, which is a great WrestleMania. As much as WWE is not maybe the best product in 2019, maybe they're a little stale. Maybe Vince McMahon should have retired years and years and years ago. The fucking creep. WrestleMania 35 is a great WrestleMania. Um, we'll talk about Sean. it in the future. It is uh, I, the ringmaster, and I believe oh, you meant to say WrestleMania has ridges. Ridges? Yes, like Ruffles has ridges, but WrestleMania also has ridges. Man, listen, real master, I like you, but if you're if you're just searching for R words so you can roll the R's, like roll. you can do better than that. Wrestle. Okay. I, I am here because I am the ringmaster, and you guys are talking about rings, are you not? Uh, yeah, but what I'm saying is that the way you're sort of shoehorning in R words just so you can roll them, I think you can do better. There you go. That's, there you go. I'm well done. shoehorny. I have a foot fetish. Okay, then. Uh, yeah, WrestleMania 35 is Kofi Mania, is uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus Ronda versus Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. We'll talk about that next time. For now, though, we're going to talk about uh, Ringmaster. Are you familiar with All Elite Wrestling, AEW? Uh, yes, it's like ECW, but AEW. Not really. GCW is more like uh, ECW. If you uh, want the comparison, I just meant you can chant them the same. You can literally chant any three letters you want to. MLM. It's not ECW. There you go. There you go. That works. MLM. MLM. Actually, it sounds pretty nice. X X X X. See, you can chant USSR. USSR. Hell yeah! Ringmaster, have you been holding yourself back from chanting? Marciniak. Marciniak. All right, well, don't use my government name, but you get the idea. AEW is uh, officially announced, there you go, in January 1st, 2019. We'll back up to sort of like, well, what the fuck? Where did this come from? So we talked a lot about Ring of Honor on this podcast, so I don't need to get too deep what Ring of Honor is. Uh, But in 2017, and we talked about it in the last episode, they're putting a lot of their eggs in the Bullet Club basket. Bullet Club was a faction started in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Bafo numbers and merchandise sales really re- like what people what wrestling fans are kind of looking for it's a little more insider trading but it's great this is kenny omega this is aj styles finn balor one of my hands looks like a basket okay look at my album cover you'll see like the one like this looks kind of like a basket oh like the forks up is kind the yeah. forks up is kind of a basket yes huh. that's nifty and my long face is that of a basket for some fresh feet so in 2017, uh, the Bullet Club uh, is the uh, Bullet Club in America. I believe you mean the Billy Club. They've been nope. canceled. What? The liberals have come for the Bullet Club. They took away our bullets and 
left us with clubs, Billy gonna, style. Cool. I'm going to say this again. What? We did. I mean, James and you discussed this last week. Oh, cool. I must have blocked it out because it was too funny. Anyway, <laughs> sandbagging, baby. Now I can see why you'd sandbag James. He he deserves to be hidden the face with some sediment. But hey, me, the on. ringmaster. That's my hey. That's my friend. It's cool when I do it. I don't like it. Not you, buddy. You gotta calm down, okay? You, you guess what I sound like sometimes. All right, you're back on my good side. <laughs> so 2017. Uh, we're in 2017. Uh, if James was here, he'd be like, why is, Why are we still in 2017? And I blame you, Ringmaster. I'm okay? fine with 17. We're 17ing, my friend. Wait. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. I got, oh, I so got you remember that, but not the Billy Club bit. Okay, I see how yeah, it dude. is. Yeah, 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 dude. All right, so 2017. Dave Milster makes a comment uh, of that ROH, Ring of Honor, couldn't sell 10,000 tickets. Now, Ring of Honor is sort of sharing custody of the Bullet Club with New Japan. And the Ring of Honor faction is Cody Rhodes... The, I'll say disputed leader. Chody bros. There you go. And the Young Bucks. The Hung Cucks. The Young Bucks, who are really the real leaders. Uh, people have been saying, like, all the merchandise, all the sort of big promotion. A lot of this is coming from uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. Oh, to be a cuck and hung just in the corner, jacking that beautiful, hard dick. It's so long and plump, but no one wants it because your attitude is that of a cuck. Great interruption. Are there, tr uh, and then in Japan. Shadows uh, are loving this right now. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm loving this right now. Uh, and, of course, Kenny Omega, who we talked a lot about last week, uh, he's also the disputed leader. There's like a, there was like a, there was a feud between Cody in America and then Kenny in Japan. But, like, really behind the scenes, this, a lot of this is due to the Young Bucks uh, pushing, killing the business, the name of their book, and what they did. They have a book? Uh, yeah, Young Bucks Killing the Business, the story of their times in wrestling. Ooh. Buy it, I guess. That's my plug. So, yes, Dave Meltzer makes this comment in 2017, ROH couldn't sell 10,000 tickets, which is something no U.S. company outside of the WWE has been able to do since, get this, 1999, WCW. So that's 20 years of essentially a monopoly in, in American wrestling. It's one of those things we don't think about because it's been 20 years, we've all been living with it. But, like, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Okay, so you have American football. What makes what? American wrestling different than, I don't know, European wrestling? It's held in America. Okay, all right. That's, yeah, pretty much I it. I didn't know if it was a soccer situation or a No, no, it's, just, no, it's literally just a company in America. Okay, all right. Uh, but, interesting enough, uh, wrestling is an, is a, is, is an art form uh, birthed in America. You know, obviously there's been combat sports uh, throughout forever, but professional wrestling, as we understand it, that was born in America, in the okay. American carnival scene. I'm, I'm glad you specified because I was like, the Olympians were doing it for quite some time. Yes. No, professional wrestling, as we understand it, as an entertainment uh, form, was born in America. With their stinky, naked feet. Oh, Hell yeah, baby. Um, so Dave Meltzer says this in 2017. Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, uh, Kenny Omega, they took that personally. They... <laughs> Especially Cody and the Young Bucks. They hook up with their disputed leader and ace of modern wrestling, Kenny Omega, and created and promoted uh, the pay-per-view show All In. Ooh. Selling out the Sears Center Arena, today would be the Now Arena, in Hoffman State, Illinois. 
uh, just outside of Chicago with like 11,000 sells out the entire building, 50,000 buy rate, not technically associated with ROH, not associated obviously with the WWE, just kind of a really independent, maybe once kind of build almost like, hey, once in a lifetime, can we do this? Can we break, can we break this stat that's been around since 1999? A company outside the WWE selling out, selling, selling more than 10,000 tickets to a single show. I remember the Doughboys talking about it nonstop. It was a big deal. I don't blame them. Because it's one of those things, you know, after 20 years, it's kind of like, well, this is never going to happen. This, it's always going to be WWE and then a bunch of bingo halls. And, you know, Cody and the Young Bucks coming in saying, nah, we're going to do, we're going to do a non-WWE major show. It, it was a big deal. And not just, not just the Doughboys. Television execs took notice. They were selling, they were pitching around. There's a lot of talk. What's the next event going to be? Is there going to be a whole company now built around these guys and what they just did? Uh, and we've, and it's not until uh, January 1st, 2019, on their YouTube show, Being the Elite, it's officially announced All Elite Wrestling is going to be the new company with president and lead investor, Tony Khan, and then Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Cody, Cody Rhodes, being executive vice presidents, EVPs. They form around those four men. They're stable. They're both club stable hold mates. On. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. I believe that means electro magnetic void. Pro- Wait, nope. EVP. Okay. EVP. No, go ahead. Nope, I did explain mind. what it was, but uh, you have a bit. You have a joke. Electro. Wait, no. Yeah. Electromagnetic voice phenomenon. I forgot. Electromagnetic is one word. There you go. I'm, good job, Ringmas. Hey, you know what you got there in the end? That also, deserves That deserves a cookie. Would, would, is this a good idea? Uh, what is? AEW Bingo Hall Tour. They go back to their roots and go mm-hmm. to bingo halls throughout the United States of America. That's actually a very interesting question. Are you asking, I don't know if you were asking that as a bit or not, but that's, it's an interesting idea. Well, when they were first starting AEW. 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 Because they were still signed to ROH at the time. Arr. Uh, good point. Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I remember the, one of the things they were doing, they were showing up. Are you crying after that? This is so okay. beautiful, this podcast. Oh, man. I sure hope James doesn't have a lot to say about this album, because I feel like we're spending a lot of time in sweaty times. I believe James has told me as he left his zero things to say about this and nothing of album. Okay, great. Uh, then let's... Okay, he perfect. He also then. forgot that they should have done Fury Fred first, so even the notes oh, with the like charts and all of that will technically be next week. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we are stretching. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, we're Dean Malenko over here. We are stretching them boys. Great Malenko. Oh, uh, he's ha, ha, ha. also those hung cucks wishing to be stretching some boys like me. Speaking of bingo what? halls, I Hold once on. fingered what? my best friend at a bingo hall and I have such huge hands that they were like, oh, it feels just that of a penis. Oh, thank you for reminding me what we were talking about. One of the cool things that was happening during the uh, like pre-AEW sort of like, clearly they're leaving ROH, ROH, was uh, they started showing up at these indie shows, these small quote unquote bingo halls, right? Like th- like buildings the size of your if you're in Chicago, uh, the Logan Square Auditorium, you know, not huge, uh, a couple hundred maybe, maybe probably less, probably like 50, 75, 
But like the Young Bucks, who at this point were big stars, you know, they're selling out Tokyo Domes. They're the face of ROH. Uh, Cody as well, they would show up to these small to these small venues with maybe people they would be signing and just like start shit. I know the big one was them and the Lucha Brothers. Uh, they would show up in Chicago out here at the Logan Square Auditorium. So like they kind of went back to the bingo halls, I guess, to prep for AEW. But to answer your question, I think at this point, America has such a good, a strong independent scene working those bingo halls. There's no real reason for AEW to necessarily go into a more intimate venue. Like there, if I was to speculate, um, I feel like they need to focus on growing up because they're right now they're in arenas and the next stage would be stadiums. I don't think they're there yet, but we'll see. I'm sorry to cut you off, Ringmaster. Remember when Blur did all those surprise shows? Oh, no. They were doing little intimate shows and they would just quickly post it on MySpace or something and say, hey, it's Blur. We're at this record store. We're going to do the first 50 people get in and that's it. And then it's a nice intimate show and you feel so connected to these individuals. That's just why I would prefer them to do an AEW yeah. bingo hall. What, uh, what year was that? Maybe right after Plastic Beach came out. Oh, so it was like a reunion for Blur. Yes. I think, and I think that's the difference. Like by that point, it was a reunion for Blur, and it's one of those things we don't need to do this. It it'd be, it'd be nice, and that's the that's like the hard thing. I agree. I prefer an intimate show. That's why I love going to like Freelance and AAW, these local indies out here in Chicago, Empire State Wrestling back in Buffalo, because you get to see people on the rise. You get to see newer people. Maybe you see some older stars who aren't signed. But for what AEW is doing, and where like. They're focusing on, like, they're trying to get new investors. They're trying to make sure they hold their spot on television. They sort mm -hmm. of need to, like, they need to prove we'll that they it. can do the big, they, they can consistently do arenas before they start doing stadiums, right? Which is what WWE is doing, which is really their most direct competition. So as much as I would love to see, like, an intimate sort of bingo hall, AEW, The Roots type of show, or even ROH do that, which just got bought by AEW, they really can't afford to, I think. Like they can't, they can't afford to put on that type of this show with their company being as young as it is. Does that make sense, Ringmaster? Make it five hundred dollars a ticket. That's ugh. That's. I think that's. I think you just. I think you just invented gentrification in professional wrestling. Ooh, I don't like that. Okay, never yeah, neither mind. Neither do I. Oh, yeah, fair you enough. did fair say enough. that they they were the young bucks could sell out the Tokyo Dome while I sold out of Dome in Tokyo. What does that... Okay, so you were selling blowjobs? Yes, and I just had too much in me, and I said, no more, no more. Oh, Ringmaster. I'm proud of you, though. Yeah. That's a lot of work, and you did it, mm -hmm. so good job. It was two blowjobs. Oh. They were massive loads. Okay, okay. I'm not here. You know what? I wasn't there, man. I'm you did it. You did it. I'm thinking about it. Oh, no, Ringmaster. Do you need Do you need anything? Oh, it's okay. It's, it's a okay. Let it out. podcast. Okay, this is, this is the perfect podcast. But yeah, 2019, uh, in 2019, they had a second. Their first official pay-per-view as AEW All Elite Wrestling, the second pay-per-view held by Cody and the Bucks and this sort of crew, uh, which was, of course, All In. Or no, sorry, Double or Nothing. All In was the first show, free AEW. The second show would be Double or Nothing. Did they sell above 22,000? Why 22,000? Because the first one was 11,000 seats. So if it's double or nothing, double or nothing. They, I guess they got nothing. Oh. No one was fucking paid. Is that what you're telling me? Well, they doubled their buy rate. Actually, okay. Wow. Holy shit. 
<laughs> I haven't looked at the buy rate. I said the first one was what, 50,000 or yes. something? Yeah, the second is 109 to uh, 113. It's sort of disputed. Okay. As far as buy rate goes, yeah, in uh, Paradise of, in the MGM Grand Garden Arena, sold that out as well. How I uh, sold that out pretty quickly. That building held 11,000 again. Okay. Yeah, but that's not, but that's how much, like, how much the building could hold, right? Uh, but, like, this was, yeah, this was where they, the big news, uh, they, because they, uh, Chris Jericho, uh, WWE legend, Break started wrestling in 89. Break the walls down, indeed. You, you know Chris Jericho, ringmaster? Yes, my friends, the insane clown posse have wrestled with him, and I believe he got a thank you in the great Malenko. Holy <laughs> shit, is that true? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I think you and James discussed this. Fuck it, hey. I, I don't remember. I do not remember this podcast. This so, has been a whirlwind. So was one Chris Benoit thanked. Uh, Christopher, rest in peace. Uh, yeah, rest in peace. I think it's fair to say rest in peace. You have to think about it because it's like, no, you did a terrible thing. But like, goddamn, dude, I'm sure you didn't want to. I'm sure nobody wanted to. Nobody wants to do what he did. So like, it's, yeah, rest in peace. Sean, are you juggling a chain right now? Sorry, I started playing with my keys. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the company forms around Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Bullet Club, Stablebait, slash Anxious Millennial Cowboy, Hunk, Hangman Adam Page. Uh, the first AEW... Wait, hold on. Do you have any jokes on Hangman? Hungman. There you go. Well done. High five. Ah. Uh, <laughs> we, both, we, don't, we don't both have to clap to simulate the high... Oh, probably only one of us should. Well, mine is high-pitched. <laughs> Oh, okay, fair. We'll, we'll, we'll mix. James, James can mix it later. We'll worry about him later. I have a high-pitched toot. Good job. The f- proud, of, proud of your toots. The first AEW heavyweight champion, Chris, the aforementioned Chris Jericho. Break the walls down. And uh, also a huge get. Uh, the maniacally charismatic John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose of another group we discussed on this show, The Shield. Yes. He's creatively aggressively not happy with WWE and with their very scripted, very PG friendly. He just, he, uh, atmosphere and show vibes. Uh, he misses professional wrestling, uh, quote unquote. So he's, so he's, he leaves and this company is kind of, this company is around just as his contract is ending. And he is pushed to a megastar. If you're not familiar with the career of John Moxley after WWE, he goes. He goes on a tour of like his favorite matches. Uh, he finally he goes. He gets to wrestle in the G One, uh, which we discussed before. Uh, the uh, preeminent tournament of professional wrestling in New Japan, and is is arguably the ace of AEW to this day. Uh, I think uh, we talked before about the what the ace is to a wrestling company. We talked about Tanahashi. This is the number one baby face, right? In 1999, the ace of the WWF would have been a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, a little Otaro is the ace of the gang green gang, wouldn't you say? Which one is little Otaro? And how is it not ace face? His <laughs> name is ace. You're fucking with me, aren't you? Ah, <laughs> oh, you're a little scamp. Let me pinch those little cheeks. Are you crying again? I'm not going to pinch your cheeks if you're crying. <laughs> it's a beautiful podcast. Okay. Um, <laughs> they're also citing a who's who of independent and ex-WWE talent. The Bastard Pack. Best Friends in OC, SCU, which includes the aforementioned Christopher Daniels on this podcast. Shake that soldier boy. Indeed. Britt Baker, uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, the Lucha Bros, Hikaru Shida, Awesome Kong. My last note for this is let's fucking go. 
it's very it's a very exciting time to be a wrestling again it's one thing like no company outside of the no one has outside the wwe has sold ten thousand seats let alone to do it in their first two shows and then build a brand new company which we haven't seen since the death of wcw in 2001 it's just it's a very wild time if you would have told me like a year before this two three years before this there's going to be a new company and it's going to revitalize professional wrestling I would have laughed in your face. Ha 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 ha. But like it's here and it's pretty fucking cool. It's not perfect. It's not, you know, and nothing's, it's not perfect. They still make mistakes, but to have competition in wrestling again, it rises all ships and it's very exciting to watch. Well, I guess JCW is just chop liver to you. JCW runs run show a year at the gathering. Um, I listen, JCW is amazing. Hey, did you did you watch that Col do you ever see that Cole Cabana versus the Boogeyman match? Yes. It was pretty fun, wasn't it? I was there. You were there? Yes. I'm wherever the carnival is. I am That's the ringmaster. True. That's very true. Did you eat worms? Oh, I don't eat worms. I just eat ass. Oh, okay. Did you did you eat uh Cole Cabana's ass? I wish that boy has beautiful feet. But he's a dick, isn't he? Huh? Officer, well, officer, I'm sorry, Officer Cabana is kind of a dick, isn't he? Oh, it? yes, yes, yes. I'm just talking about the man, Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana is great. Officer Cabana, piece of shit. I'd still eat his feet. He's a cutie. He's an absolute cutie. <laughs> I think that's I think that's all for sweaty times in North America. Anything, anything, anything Ringmaster, before we take off? The, 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 that's all, folks. That's wonderful. How much time do you think we killed in this segment? Oh, he's gone. Sorry. Hey, Sean, what's up? And not too much, just finished up Sweaty Times. I'm back. I realize that even if you're just going to sandbag me and be rude, yeah, it's fine. Aw, thanks, bud. Hey, I appreciate you. Hey, just so you know, if anyone talks shit about you, that's not me. I'll stick up for you. Ooh, hey, guys. Flip the Rat was released in tandem with Fearless Fred Fury, a.k.a. 666, on February 15th, 2019. Wow, what else was coming out in February 15th, 2019? We'll find out next week. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Ringmaster mentioned this, my bad. Yeah, I'm sorry, We sh I forgot the notes were set up that way. We should have done this second and then Fearless Fred Fury 666. That's okay. You've been okay, so uh, so are we just gonna jump into it? Yeah, let's jump into this nothing of an album intro. So, well, and, and well, I guess we'll talk about a little bit about up top. Uh, I do think there are some gems in here. There's one, there's at least one song I'm excited to add to the playlist. I, I hope it's the same one because there are two songs that I'm like, yeah, add these and then the rest. Okay, no, thank you. I think that's fair. I don't know if they'll be the same too. We'll find out. Oh, I um, hope, I pray. I'm afraid they won't be, uh, but we'll get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, uh, this album's it's a struggle. I'm trying to think like what it, do you want to do you have anything generally uh, before before we get deep into it? So uh, the whole structure of or concept behind Fred Fury is you need to quit pretty much like quit being a bitch and you need to fight back fight for your freedom fight for your happiness make sure you're not just like being passive all the time you need to defend what's yours and i want you to keep that in mind because one of the songs that i was like eh, they're probably just like cheeky doing it but they're like no you need to like fight the deep state if that's one way oh. we could do this 
yell woofa. Um, woofa. It's weird. Uh, well, I know let's get into it because I have some notes, but on the regarding that, but on mm-hmm. specific songs. Yeah, and it just feels. I feel like and music. Real quick, musically, it feels like a lot of these songs are stripped down in not a good way. I think musically, in the sense of like instrumentals and the atmosphere, a lot of these are mm-hmm. putting out great. But what ICP does with them after the producer leaves it be yeah. terrible. Like like we talked before. Well, I forget I forget which song, but we put it on the playlist the, where we're just like, "Yo, what are these? What are these MF Doom level?" Like rhyme structures yeah. that Father and Jay is creating, that is not here in this album. Fogging so, up the windows, fogging up the glass. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We already talked about fogging up the windows. Oh, there's another fogging up the glass song in this album. Oh, oh we're gonna talk about that. Oh, but, uh, friend we'll, request is that it? Oh no, but we actually will talk about that too. Well, let's but let's talk about the intro of Flip the Rat called Intro. Yeah. There's nothing really here. No. It's a cyber it's like cyberpunk pit in the pendulum with a rat. Do you know what the rat's all about? Do I? I don't do we uh I don't remember if we if I do. Okay, yeah, I don't either. Oh, okay, great. Now I was asking you, like, hey, could you fill me in on what the fuck this rat's all about? If there's more yeah, other than I if I had to guess, and it's well, and I'm not gonna uh, it's too much speculation. Um, there, I mean, a rat being a sort of common trope for a coward, right? A sort of maybe a, maybe a minion of an evil of an evil person who really doesn't do a lot. He's a rat, a snitch, certainly a, a stool pigeon uh, is another word for rats. So I, I'm guessing where, and of course, like themes of uh, death and decay, of a uh, sort of uh, of uh, carry-ons. Rats come by to eat the. They don't kill, but they eat the carcass of what's left over. So I guess those themes of a rat is kind of what they're going for. Because there's a lot of rat squeaks. There's a lot of rat squeaks in a lot of these songs. Well, because he is the the rat. Like, he is one of the characters. He hangs out with Furious Fred guy. Oh, Flip is a character? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I guess guess that's what... Because that wasn't... There's no Flip song. Uh, They mentioned Furious Fred. Yes. Uh, they mentioned a couple of they mentioned a couple of like dark carnival references. Uh, we get the first, or at least the first I remember of uh, what is it? The forest. The um, oh, pricker forest. Pricker forest. Yes, crows become is is a major thing. But like, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't realize Flip the Rat was a character. That makes sense. The album is called Flip the Rat. Yeah, let me see if I might be dumb. Probably. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. That's true. No, it's true. Uh, what did you want to look up? His pet rat, Flip, feeds only off the fear instilled within you by Red Fred Fighter for the dead. He is fearless, Fred Fury. So, yeah, we, we probably should have listened to... Okay, That's so this insane, will be... like, that this detail isn't in Flip the Rat. It's in the intro to Fearless Fred Fury 666. Yeah, I would say, for, especially for what I'm, like... For me, someone who's like Lord hunting and chasing, because mm-hmm. this album's not super lore heavy, but apparently it is. Uh, if I listen to Fred first, like it feels like this is sort of a half of a Joker's card. Like this is a companion piece mm-hmm. to Fearless Fred. That makes a lot of actually that makes a lot of sense for some of these songs. Do you have any, uh, anything on the intro? No. Uh, before we move on, all right. Uh, anything else on Flip the Rat, the character? He's a little cutie. Why not? I'd like to pet him. That's true. I would, but he sure does have 
a face for fighting. Ooh, uh, real quick, we should do a tier list on all the Joker cards in the side attractions and characters. Most pettable. Okay. You... This, is this your way of saying you have nothing to say about a face for fighting? No, no, that was before we even mentioned face for fighting. I just thought that would be a good okay. I, that would be a good play on the whole tier list. Cool, cool, cool. We should probably do the podcast we're recording though right now. Yeah, but that is a, that's a part of the podcast. Okay. So do you have anything to say about a face for fighting? A face for fighting, it was like really like it, it was a weird flow and I appreciated that part of it, but it just mm-hmm. sucked. Yeah, uh, it's literally, uh, the the theme of the story is Violent J feels alive when a motherfucker he wishes would does. Uh, it is a a lot, like, the only really thematic hook, there's no, there's no chorus, there's no hook in this song. Uh, the one thing they keep coming back to is this sort of, if you do this, then I'll do that, and if you do that, I'll do more. Like, that comes up a lot. Also, Um, but that's... Yeah. Violent J at this time, his voice changes, you know, from like two albums to two albums. He's in this like really whiny stage. Do you want to know what I compare, what I call this voice specifically in this song? What's up? Post nut voice. Ooh. He's sort of, cause like in this song, he's kind of got this like half whisper kind of whiny. He does the whiniest whininess more, but specifically in this song, I have about like, Maybe 75% of this song is done in post-nut voice. See, my nut voice is like, it's like... uh, uh, That's what I heard. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. I thank the individual every time. You always got to thank when you nuts. You got to. And then that Um, individual says, why are you thanking me? You don't need to do that. And then I say, did you finish as well? And then that individual says, you know I did. St- every time it's funny but still nice yeah sex is cool simple rhymes on this song uh it just yeah this song felt a little it felt a, yeah it felt a little too back to basics in like not a very exciting mm-hmm. way and then we get a fight back which is the introduction of the theme yeah of what we were talking about before i didn't know that going into this so like I had I wrote down I think this started as a stand for nothing fall for anything uh, the greatest evil is good men doing nothing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. type but just ended up a listicle of like nines yeah of like yo like like of just like insult of like weird insults also DJ Paul no not even DJ Paul anyone who purchased this to be like oh I gotta listen to that DJ Paul collab should be able to have a class action lawsuit against Psychopathic Records. Wait, hold on. One more time. If anyone purchased this because they were so excited for the DJ Paul feature on this album, those individuals should be able to file a class action lawsuit because that is false advertising. All he does is fight back, fight back, fight back, and that's it. Yeah, that's that's for true. He's he's there in a technicality in that those are his vocal cords, but like, yeah. Again, not great songs. Is he Big list song. Uh-huh, Big list uh-huh. song. If you go on Spotify to DJ Paul in the appears on will be this song and people will be clicking on that to listen to DJ Paul. No, they're just getting free streams. It's like that one kid who made his name Eyes Insane Clown Posse and then just. Well, that was a good idea. Yes. He reaped that was, that a was, bunch of rewards that was for that. Good idea. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Insane Clown Posse, the kid, not the band, well done. Uh-huh. Proud of you. 
Uh, you get that cookie that ring that ringmaster didn't take. I gotta start doing that. This is so like fearless. Uh, fearless Fred Fury feels like, and I'm not sure if this is him or the rat. I think it's Fred, but he feels like an insult, an insult comic in hell to those who didn't stand up for themselves. Yeah, am I right? That's that's his purpose. He's just yeah. like an insult comic in hell. Uh, right, I mean, well. but with like murder involved. Well, of course he's in hell. Yeah, he's really killing it up on stage. Am I right? Yeah. Hey, some of these some of these insults include you're so ass, your butt head. We see your face if you mooned us. Whoa. You're so shitty. You're the chairman of the doo-doo committee. Oh, yeah, that's wow. this fucking you, you're so soft you make a netting look hard. Yeah, that gets weird. Uh there's one good one. I will say, you're so busy you got fired from your job as a dad. That's okay. good. That's literally the only one, <laughs> but that's great. <laughs> like that's a really that's powerful. That hits home. That's like oof. And the cats in the cradle and the silver, silver spoon. spoon. Little boy boo and the uh, lay down dog. <laughs> you didn't like the you're so wrong you can't wear right guard. Actually, you know what? That was good. That was clever. Uh, that, I like. That's like I think that was clever. It's not. It's not like. It's not hard hit. Like there's a difference between like. A brilliant and clever, right? Where like that's not brilliant. Uh, you're so busy you got fired from your job as a dad is brilliant, I think. Uh, the right guard line that's clever, but that's the example of like this kind of like that. It feels like nothing. It feels like clever is inherently shallow. Uh, that's a clever but kind of shallow line to me. Uh, I'm okay if someone came to like Wilmer Valderrama. I have that note as well. Yep, this <laughs> he would have said like, "Hey guys, on the set of." Yo mama, he would have been like, hey, guys, let's give me an alt for this. OK, maybe I feel like that would have been that could have been in that in, in the initial round where they're just all four quarters kind of battling back and forth. That gets like a mid pop, but it keeps you in the game. You know, like that's something that's not a knockout blow. That's sort of a hook check where if like if you don't follow up, that's corny as hell. But if you're just like rapid firing lines like that, maybe you can kind of keep up just with quantity. Yeah. But, like, it's not a knockout. Yeah, that's not a knockout line at all. Yeah, I bet that show is very cringy to go back and watch. I'm sure it's not good. Yeah. Um, also, the other thing I want to hit, he also, so those are some of, the, like, the less offensive insults. Um, but he also, except for the dad line, that's perfect. But he also hits souls for being abused, for being sensitive, for being addicted, for being poor, and otherwise victim-blaming the victimized. Wow. Which is, from what you said, that's kind of what some of this fight back messaging. I'll have to listen. We have to. I, have, I can't say anything mm -hmm. until I listen to Furious Fred. But that's what I got from some, from some of this song. Where, like, if you don't, if you can't fight back, you're going to hell. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Fred's going to shit on you for it. And he's going to walk on to Werner Avenue and then you get it higher. Yeah. You're like, why did James just say that? Hey, next week yeah. you'll be like, I'm James, I know why you said that. Why did they say that in this album? Oh, what? Oh, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. Fight back. Uh, it's a list. So it's a list of some. OK, one really good insult, some clever and a lot of not great. Maybe that's they, they didn't have time because they were so full of revenge. Revenge. Skew-o! 
I don't know if this is where DPW Deadlock is a a podcast that uh, does wrestling, and that's they have a series of catchphrases. Skillwell was one of them, and I know John Blood of that podcast is a juggalo. So I'm curious if that's where. Hey, John Blood, you coward! Answer me that question. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. I don't remember anything about revenge. Picker Forest is the big one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He talks about burying you in Picker Forest. Um, which I didn't, I didn't realize, uh, and if you didn't realize, it's a plot of land from Jay's childhood where he saw many miracles, sort of like strange phenomena, and he claims is the birthplace of the Dark Carnival. Sean, you did realize yeah. this because I told you oh, this God. in detail. It. it is so hard for me to retain anything from these. Where am I? It, I believe What's was happening? on... Wizard of the Hood, he has his line oh. saying, ever since Pricker Forest started. Oh, I'm an idiot. Next song. Uh, I'm that type. They're really trying to make scrub work, huh? This. They really want to make scrub work. Uh, this is the song. This is one of my picks. This. Oh, okay. Uh, then we might have, we might have some discussion then. Cause. Uh, I didn't care for this. Yeah. Well, well what did you like? Yeah. What did you like? The Hook and Ouija Mac. Those Ouija two Mac's parts. Great. Yeah. Ouija Mac is very fun. But yeah, uh, so the song is a, it's, it's another list. It's I'm a, I'm a fun trash person because you're a trash trash person because. And that's the whole song. I'm, there's a lot of drops in there. Uh, the only one I really noted was the slowed down Mike Bailey's Brass Monkey, which shows up, it, which shows up in uh, Blow My Butt Out, I'll Be Fine. Which is a lot. It's like, huh? But it's cool to see Brass Monkey show up. That beat's great. That funky monkey. Um, truly. It's, yeah, it's, it really kind of centers around no, being a scrub that nobody trusts is the big thing. But, like, there's really, it's another list. And it's kind of, like, boring. I gave Revenge, I gave Revenge a single star. I did not give I'm That Type any stars. Yo, Sean, yo, this is Ouija Mac. What up, Ouija Mac? I can't believe you, you're dissing on my track. You had a great verse, man. Right, I think the okay, song then over... you want to know it? Never mind. I'm going to leave. Thanks, man. All right, cool. He came in and came out. Yeah, he, all he needed to hear was one good <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> I kind of think he realized this song is doo-doo. He just had a good verse. I have, I know someone uh, who lived with him before he was the famous rapper he is today. A word. Dan from Power Playthrough. Nice. How was he as a roommate? All of them were in their early 20s, so it's, you know, like five people living in Las Vegas in the same sure. house. It's sure. that. Yeah. Everybody smokes weed and eats ice cream and nobody does the dishes. Uh, you know what? Ooh, talking about all that weed and uh, ice cream, though, it's making me kind of hungry. Ooh, this is the other one that I gave a star to. We, okay, so we are going to have to figure out. We're going to have to talk. I gave a single star to this. Did you what one? It can't be splish splash. If shut it's splish splash, yo, my dude. you can do two things: shut the fuck up and suck on my nuts while we talk about hungry. I did give a single st- for a second. For a second, I thought single. I thought hungry was gonna be my pick. Okay, uh, I'll say that. I gave a single star to hungry. Uh, it's cheese and bread metaphors for money, but also for being fat as hell and loving it. I liked the big hoodoo stuff, and that's it. I have no notes, James. Do you know what Shaggy Two Dope has said to me in this song? What's that? He said, yo, man, you looking thick, dog. I wish he said that. In our in the year of our Lord 2019, Shaggy Two Dope says, that's my nachos, nachos. James, I'll repeat that joke 
in 2019, Shaggy 2 Dope took pen to paper, took vocal cords to recording booth, and said, you know what? I got this. I have crafted the perfect joke. George Carlin is dead, and thank God, because he could never top this one. James Shaggy 2 Dope says to me... In the year 2019, that's my nachos, nachos. James, how did you pick this song? I only remember the big hoodoo stuff. And James, you might have to go back and listen to this one. It is, it's not there. Is big hoodoo, baby? It's the big with the hoodoo. Hoodoo, you do. Jump, magic, jump. Magic, big hoodoo, spell on okay. you. Okay, but we're this is a playlist, intro, introductory playlist to ICP. All right, then it's it's probably we Splish can't. Splash. That's my other choice, baby. All right, I do want to say I did put on I did put on after that that I'm being I'm gonna be a little harsh. The song is fun. Feels like the first time so far the boys are playing with their beats at all, as opposed to just like really going in a very like. Yeah, like a face for fighting was too simple. It was just too, I'm going to get in there and do my thing and get out. Like, this is the first time. Jay's having a great time with his verse. Other than that, Shaggy's verse isn't atrocious. That's so, but come on. It's 2019. You cannot write the nachos, nachos joke in 2019. If these boys are playing with their beats, I'm going to say, eat your damn food or you're going to bed. Well said. I can't. He... Shaggy in 2019. Shaggy Sean, too dope. You yeah. chose Bugs on My Nugs in 2021. Yeah, because that song is perfect. It's the same reason I might choose Splish Splash. Splish Splash is coming up next. Uh, Violent Jay's on the phone with a screeching monkey trying to get that net in. Uh, but first, he's going to have to scrub a dirty asshole. This song is all about making love and scrubbing dirty assholes. This song's perfect. Which might be a reference to uh, the now famous Twisted phone Ooh. bit where someone called into the Twisted line and was like, yeah, guys, I just ate my my first butthole. And this is like 2000, the year 2000, 2001, calling up the Twisted hotline saying, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I recommend it, guys. Like, eat some ass, <laughs> you know. 10. But you have to make sure they are clean before you do God. it because it, it won't be good. I'm going to read you some of these lines. I can't be having you all in my bed until I get in there, scrub that butthole clean. Ain't no telling where that shit's been. True. Good good life, quality life lessons. I mean, you know where it's been. It's been in someone's pants and it either is covered or is not covered in shit. James, you have little imagination or you are giving too much credit to the type of people who will sleep with ICP. Oh, There is truly no way of knowing where some of these assholes have been. Oh, they might, they might have period blood on them. They might, and it might not even be their period blood. Ooh. James, have you ever been walking through a park and you're like, there's no chairs and I gotta sit down. I'm gonna take my pants off because I don't wanna get my pants dirty and sit my ass in this old dumpster no. and oops, that's a dead raccoon. You've never done that, but the people who sleep with ICP okay. have. There's no way to know where some of these dirty assholes have been. You gotta scrub them clean. I started watching Blossom today. <laughs> this re- this reference okay. is, the first sure. episode is Blossom Blossoms and it's her. And she sits her dirty asshole inside of an open trash container in the park? No, she's getting okay. her period and her mom is not in the country so she's having to deal with this on herself and her friend is like oh you know it's easy to find a a tampon or a pad and 
she's like, well, what one do I, do I use? And I felt so vindicated because as a joke, I like, I'm like, I'm making a joke that a sitcom wrote and just was so popular. And yeah. The the person says like oh and some of the pads they have wings and she goes why do they need wings and I always Classic joke bit. to Nicole I'm like Nicole what are the wings even for Classic bit Red Bull gives you wings no Tampax gives you wings Hey and not those are not your nachos we can't keep doing that we can't let them get away with that I'm sorry. Sean, I gave you a, a what the equivalent of a friend request a couple weeks ago. Did you notice that? Uh, no, but I also wanted to say, baby, I just made your net and fart, or it's a frog in here. Queef jokes. Okay, I'm ready to talk about the next song. Because I liked your your stand up comedy page on Facebook. Oh, cool. I don't I, I don't know how to deactivate a page on Facebook. <laughs> I uh, I know how to do it, and I have done it. Except those pages, for some weird reason. Facebook still has them active. Hey, it's not a good company. Friend Request is the next song of this album. This was an interesting song. Until it's not because, like, yes, like, you know what they're saying. And then after their two verses, yes, the bridge is just, like, so over the fucking head, like, early ICP needing to spell shit out for you. And then somehow people still don't know you're all about God. It's just so bad. Well, and something we'll talk about, and we have talked about on this show, is sort of like, if you do a song like this, you do need to be clear where your point is. Yeah. Without glorifying. I, though I agree, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree. I have the same note. The bridge is not good. It's, it's over, it's beating over the head. Um, This is one of those, because it's one of those times, like, and it, and it sucks to give them this note because, like, Technically, you're doing what we asked. And what, like, we've said before is important. If you're going to, if you're going to create um, satire, your point of view needs to be clear. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's parody and you're on the verge of glorifying, right? There's, I, I, can't, I can't pull a song out that's done that, but we've talked about songs that do that. In a couple tracks, we will get to one of those. Okay. But, like, yeah, like, I'm like, but, like, as far as... For, it sucks because they. Act, I think they do a good enough job in the verses. Yeah. That they didn't need to be the bridge. That the bridge is way too corny, and it's a yes. shame because it's a very the whole the, the whole song is be careful uh, with your friend requests. Some of those friend requests could be sex offenders or dirty stepdads or nice guy spousal abusers and true. Like and all these verses are like very. This song is another very triggering song because all these things happen, and it's a good me- and it's a good message to like put out there, especially for their younger listeners who are online. It's weird to do in 2019. This is something like that was happening by 2012, you know? Yeah. Um, but like Coney 2012. Sure. That's a reference. <laughs> uh, sandbagging. But it's like, and it's hard because some of these verses are done really well. Uh, Shaggy rhymes man cave with man cave, which admittedly as a rapper, like that's bad, but for whatever, maybe it's just me. Uh, but like him, him hitting that phrase twice, man cave, it really hits home how real mom's perv boyfriend is as a character. Like these dudes exist. These dudes love their man caves and are not okay. Um, are not good. How's your mom's pervy boyfriend? I wish she had a pervy boyfriend. Fuck my mom, guys. I probably shouldn't say that on a podcast. 
Yeah, but, uh, are you saying like, hey, everyone, please have sex with my mom? Or are you like middle fingering your mom right now? No, like, no, my mom's dope. And she's a lovely woman. She's beautiful. And uh, she deserves to have sex. I don't Ooh, know. Sounds like I'm going to be pervy boyfriend. That's really not a good joke to make. Because again, the pervy boyfriend is having underage sex oh. with the daughter. In yeah. this That's what this song is about, I'm going to be honest, guys. A lot of these songs, I just, like, after one listen, James. I would skip over. But also, All like, right. that's, well, that's, that's, like, we need to stop. That's why I'm here. Go back to what perv originally meant was, like, someone who's just, like, super sexualized. That's how I see perv. Not as, like, there's, there's a difference between a rapist and a pervert, you know? Uh, yeah, but, like, there's also... There's a lot of illegal perv activities that aren't necessarily rape, but are not okay. Like what? Don't please don't list any. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we <laughs> smelling underwear consensually because that's what Mama Marciniak's gonna get. I think that's the difference between kinky and pervy. Okay, kinky's dope. Pervy is usually not very consensual. Uh, I, that's, that's how I grew up with it. When I think of like pervy, I think of like guys hitting on girls too hard at a bar. But then what's hypersexual? What's a word for people who are hypersexual? Randy? vanilla about it? Because I really do think that's usually kinky. If you're, hyper, if you're hypersexual, you're usually not very vanilla. So you can usually be pretty kinky about it. I mean, you could be hypersexual and be like, hey, I know missionary's going to hit that spot every time. And that's what we're going to do. And we're both going to uh, fall in ecstasy. I don't know. but And then I'm going to want to smell your ass. I'll say growing up, pervy can mean both. I'm not going to say it doesn't mean a g it can't be like a fun thing. But it can also not be used as a fun thing. Okay, I'm going to. Uh, then you want to know what? I am Randy. That's that what works. that's what I'm going to start saying. Get it, Austin Powers. I like that. I now own like four copies of Austin Powers International Man that's of Mystery so on many. VHS. How? That's wow. How? How? I, I keep buying lots from people to sell on eBay. OK, I got the I'm wizard on VHS. You know what? I'm proud of you. Hell yeah. Yeah, I think I it's weird. I didn't st I didn't start this on because the bridge kills it. And that's a shame. Because it gives a it gives me uh, fogging up windows vibes, where it, this is not easy to listen to, but like, true. That's the, that's the hard part. Fog it. Wait, wait. Let me try it. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Fogging up the windows. Fogging up the glass. Something. Something. Something wrong with glass. I don't think that was okay. I'm gonna. I'm, okay, I think I'm. I think I'm done. That was the song I was thinking about before. Which is like mm -hmm. that would be my example of pervy, but not in a fun way. I could never though. This is a weird song too. It's this is the first time an album I think that I can remember started off so lukewarm, and at, at the very least went to interesting places. Like by the by Splish Splash and like a little bit hungry, but especially Splish Splash. I got on board with a lot with at least a few of these. And if I'm not on even in something like I could never where I'm not necessarily on board, they're trying something. What did you think, James? Is this the one where he's like, I, I'll suck a dick? Let's be safe. OK, then uh, uh, this I have is literally nothing to say about this one. Uh, then I can get into it. Uh, Being God's hard. Oh, yeah. This one fucking sucked. Yeah. The first verse. I, here's the thing. The first verse. I think is very interesting. 
I think the first verse does what I think ICP does better than the VeggieTales, uh, which is be theologically, we talked about this, be th theologically provoking, ask questions, right? That's my whole, that's my entire beef with VeggieTales and why I think it's a trash empire that needs to fucking burn. I'm sorry that the creator liked one of my tweets one time and now Whoa. I'm like, listen, for true, what the fuck are you promoting? If you're not promoting qu actively questioning your faith, that's blind faith bullshit. This don't ask blind faith. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. What are you that's straight dangerous. About? The entire thing is questioning faith of like, whoa, what if it was vegetables that evolved? That's, like that's the entire thing. That's not faith. That's <laughs> questioning Darwinism. Which you know what? Is even more don't ask blind faith bullshit. Instead of questioning faith, they question Darwinism and science. Veggie Tales is not good and straight boof veggie tales was a self-made chicago business and i won't hear that slander that's cool i'm listen support independent artists but also don't do that hypocritical preachy shit to me fuck that shit i'm fogging up the veggie like that's and it's, it's weird because the first i think the first verse kind of gets into that like question everything like a little, like, I couldn't be God. Like, ima like imagine, like, what that would be like uh, to, like, not have, you know, the, the vampire's curse of immortality, right? And then, plus, you have omnipresent knowledge. You're never surprised by anything. Like, as an individual, if you put your, if you stop to think about that, that's kind of wild. And I'm like, that's true. It's not the deepest theological, it's not very deep. It doesn't really answer a lot of questions. It doesn't pose new questions, but at least it's interesting. Second verse gets a little... Not great. Gets a little bit on that blind faith sort of like, uh, we don't know, but uh, if you're not careful, you'll go to hell, which is the playbook for don't ask blind faith mentality, right? Don't worry about why, just don't go to hell. Like that's like those scare tactics. Can I say something real quick on vampires? Uh, that's not what we're talking about, but go ahead. Just people, it's the same people who are like, oh, they romanticize vampirism and they're like, oh, it's like Victorian and beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Are the same people who are like, eat the rich. Vampires are the definition of old money. The reason why they are so rich and lucrative is because they had centuries to take huge swings or just steal money because they know no one can kill them and then use that in investments in like real estate because they need all these houses to crawl underneath at, at daytime. I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know. Sometimes you're like, well, what if I became a vampire? You know, maybe I'll just be like an anarchist vampire. Yeah. Uh, in Vampire the Masquerade, the, the Anarchs, which in that game, the voice actor, uh, John DiMaggio, fucking Bender and Jake the Dog. Who's like, yo, there's a bunch of old money vampires and they're all bitches. And you're like, yo, I'm going to side with Bender slash Jake the dog on this one. And he, and he wears a cool leather vest. So all, all to say, hey, not all vampires. Which I think is the true message of this song. Yeah. Not all vampires. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that the bit I want to go with? Yeah, let's sure. do it. I hate it. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, I could never was. It's another. It's. I don't want to say just another God song because uh, I don't want to be reductive. But like. And especially like that's the, that second verse really gets really does fall into that like scare. That's the thing about hell and specifically Christianity, as opposed to other religions that might not have a hell. Yeah. That if you're not careful and you talk to the wrong leaders and uh, if you talk to the wrong leaders, you will get this. Don't ask questions or you'll go to hell blind faith mentality. And it's interesting. It's unintentionally ironic 
because so the, the song ends i'll jump to the end uh with i could never be god but if i was i quote most would most definitely throw a lightning bolt at the motherfucking preachers who grope little kids which is the biggest difference between this and christian music yeah you know there's no Cree's all about praising god but they're not gonna they're gonna let they're gonna let preachers groping little kids go because but the the irony in there is that a lot of that comes from a blind faith mentality mm -hmm. if you're teaching children not to question things then they're not going to question the authority figures when those authority figures abuse their power and that's when i when i'm like get like not jokingly sort of like not okay with some of those veggie tail messages or and not just veggie it's not to just say veggie tales that's not just them that's more that's more indicative of the culture of christian media yeah when christian media does that and why i don't like that and like you why we need to shit on that that's why mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's be it's because there are there have been proven cases of people with authority people in positions of power abusing the, that power in the worst way possible and being able to and get and getting there because they're literally teaching don't ask blind faith and it's dangerous it's dangerous if anyone was wondering if james was being serious i hope you know that when i said they're challenging faith by what if vegetables could talk obviously i am joking about standing veggie tales yeah my bad i i sometimes take this sh this show too seriously <laughs> Some of this, some, which is where some of the sandbagging comes from. My you want to know what? I think this is a typical ICP God song, but the next song we'll be talking about is not your typical dog song. Thank you. We'll come back to we'll come back to this song after this in the track. We're gonna close on yeah. uh, that song. This is gonna be my pick. Uh, if you didn't, if you didn't choose it, which it sounds like you didn't. I didn't because you're singing this song and I'm like, it sounds good coming from you, but it, it did not make a dent at all for me. Really? Because what is it? It's, uh, I'm the dog who gets laid down, dog, bad dog, go outside, bad dog, lay down, dog, bad dog, go outside, bad dog. Okay, they don't sing it like that, but that's the, so the dog is a certified banger. I think regardless, I this is like, this is a Sean, gem in the rough on this album. I am going, you discuss this. I am going to listen to this song right now. And if, if it doesn't give me 10% of the joy of that you singing it gives me, I will veto this song. Okay. Uh, I will say this, James. What's James, up? wait, before, okay. Before you do, the hook's not as good as the verses. I think the verses is where the energy comes from. Where does the dog thing come into that you're singing? That's the hook. Okay. I'm just singing it differently. But yeah, especially the way they transition from the first hook into the second verse is great. So the dog is, well, listen, and the meek shall inherit a bowling pin. If you're, if, if you're my piss poor singing of that hook sounds familiar, they take Man in the Box, legendary song, Stone Cold classic Alice in Chains tune. Uh, the second verse, I'm the dog who gets beat. Bam, bam, the fucking guitars come in. Shove my nose and shit. Uh, and they apply that to an abused child. This is the, I think the first true story. I'll have to go back and actually look. But like a, a real proper story song about a young man uh, from 12 years old is abused and beat by a stepfather 
then by 17, he's getting on a daily basis abused and beaten and chased down by teenage peers. Uh, eventually, even the cops whom he calls and is like, uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, he calls the cops and they beat the shit out of him. Finally, he snaps by the end of the second verse and goes into and beats his mother to death with a bowling pin. His mother, who stands by and does nothing, beats to death with a bowl, but beats his mother to death with a bowling pin is where I'm at. This is the end of the second verse. Okay, um, I do now remember I enjoyed this song. However, mm -hmm. we need to cover this, you and me. Because okay. what you are doing is so much fucking better. And I, I genuinely love what you are doing with this song. Like you could, that could be our intro. Every single episode is just okay. this version. I've done it enough. I'll probably close the podcast with this. Uh, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll quick break down the rest of the plot. So he snaps after one, after one day, after calling the cops uh, on his teenage peers who are abusing him, gets beat by the cops, snaps... Takes a bowling pin uh, he was given for as a birthday present, which actually is a common thing. I forgot, I had to think like that's weird, and I'm like, oh no, wait, my brother had a, b a bowling alley birthday, and he got a pin from them. So we, so I, I grew up with this bowling pin in our room. Um, he beats his mother to death with it, and is sent to the psychiatric ward uh, before he finally breaks out, goes to the bowling alley, grabs a new pin, and takes a revenge on the first person who began abusing him, his stepfather. Beats this shit. And it's all done to a stone cold classic Alice in Chains song, Man in the Box. And it's like, there are so many good ICP song th things about this. Uh, the tempos and the rhythms change mm -hmm. as the story progresses. The hook is a fucking banger. Hit it Even again. Lay down, dog. Bad dog. Go outside. Bad, Bad dog. dog. Uh, fucking with that, with that, with that Alice in Chains guitar riff. Yes. And it's like, and it's, and it's a, and it's a good, and it's a, and it's a, it's a dark, bleak, but good story. It's, it's great. Uh, finally the, his stepdad, as he's beating him to death for revenge of what his life has turned into because of his abuse, because of his cycle of abuse, then he starts screaming that he's the dog who gets beat. I went from being the dog who gets beat to now you're the dog who gets beat, you drunk old bastard. Like, yeah, this is a nice, this is the first song on this album, other than maybe Splish Splash, but on a very different level, mm -hmm. on a Bugs and My Nugs level, that feels like an ICP song. And it's great. Uh, this is, I think this is, a, this isn't just like good for the album. This is a certified gem in the rough. All right. Hell yeah. Yeah. I liked this song. End of, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> well, now it's time to sit back, relax, go in a hole and be safe. This is the final track of the album. There's one song we're going to go back and talk mm -hmm. about. This sucks. This album or this this song is bad. It's the one where he's like, yo, and without me, I'd be sucking dick. Oh, well, well I mean, I would never suck a dick, but I'd throw a brick on my dick. That's good, right? In 2019. Yeah, guess what? That's homophobic. You know it's homophobic. You know it's alienating your fan base by 2019. You know it's going against what the message of juggalism was supposed to be. What I thought it was when I signed on to do this podcast, even. I would love if at a gathering, all the queer men, juggalos who identify as men, dirt like went to a shaggy too dope thing. And if that song's playing, they just started chanting, we suck dick. We suck dick. We I suck so. dick. And I then he'd be like, so. no, fuck, man, I'm sorry. 
I thought it was, I thought, I thought I didn't realize that homophobia is being afraid of sucking dick yeah, because yeah. guess what? That's what it is. And even if you're, even if you, if you're saying it without hate in your heart, you're still putting a message out that this is something to be afraid of. And it's not because that's that culture that puts people into closets and that ain't okay. On the deep dive with Jessica St. Clair and June Diane Raphael, they they mm. were talking about sex and they were like, you want to know what's crazy? Like all of our friends, it would surprise you, Jessica. All of our friends are like having anal sex or like doing anal play. And they went like deep into like, we will never do that. No, thank you. All of this. And luckily, a lot of their queer fan base were like, hey, just so you know, a lot of anti butt stuff in straight couples is seated in homophobia and they're like oh shit oh oh we are sorry about that and i'm i'm so glad people were saying that because i like the entire time i'm like yeah that's because dudes didn't want to do butt stuff with their women because it, it was either like if yeah. you were back in the 80s, if you were doing butt stuff, it was because you were a misogynist and you're like, yeah, take this unlubed dick and you're crying about it <laughs> or, yeah. oh, man, I'm not going to do that. I'm not gay. And it's like literally what is gay about you putting your penis in a woman? Yeah. And unfortunately, it's like it seems that like nobody had nobody was around Shaggy to tell him like. Hey, this sort of fear of taking a dick is literally homophobia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know it was sort of like, as you grew up, it was a punchline and it meant something else. Because even, I think they say something, I think it might be in this song or somewhere in this album, where they drop the they drop an F-bomb and they say like, it, but it don't mean gay. Or, or, but we don't mean gay. And it's like, well, I'm glad that's not what you mean. That's not what the connotation of that word is. And that's not the culture that's being reinforced by you using that word in a negative sense. Also, you know? like, you guys don't have the je ne sais quoi or the chops comedically to do something that, like, South Park hold, did. Hold on now. You say they don't have the comedic chops. I don't know if you heard this joke by Shaggy Too Dope. He says that's not yo nachos, and it changed comedy <laughs> forever. George Carlin, you stay dead. Yeah, this song's fine. I mean, I will say that something this song does nice because uh, the whole the, the the message of the song is value your life. That one, that was a moment we had to talk about because it really fucked everything else yeah. up. But the song message is value your life because we'll miss you, and specifically, and the way they do it is specifically you, which is kind of which is how to deliver this message. Uh, if you see a friend who might be disassociating a little too hard and like is kind of like pulling away and falling into some dangerous thought patterns, that's how you reach out, like you, not just. I want you to know you're not alone. I don't want to put too much pressure on you, but we will miss you. Like, so that's dope. I have one last thing to say on this yeah, song. Yeah, what's up? Shouts out to Cannibal, uh, who is their friend, according to Rap, according to Genius, uh, killed in 2015, protecting a mother and her baby from a man wielding a knife. Oh, damn. Uh, that's how the, sh I think, and that's how, I think it's the Shaggy verse starts. Yeah. Is, is a shout out to Cannibal. So I guess there are parts of this song, like the message is, is pretty good, I think. Like, I, I still, even if it wasn't for that dick line, I, I don't think it was in con contention oh, no. for my my pick. This is corny um, as fuck. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that dick line sucks. But shouts out to Cannibal, who died in 2015, protecting a mother and her baby from a knife. Yeah, Sean, we have five minutes to discuss this next song. Oh, God, you didn't take any notes on this song? I Because, okay, so this is Hawking we're talking about, and Sean wanted yeah. a lot to talk about. And this is... 
when I was like, initially I was like, oh, why are they talking about these conspiracy theories? But then I'm like, oh, they're, they're talking about how this is bad to do. But with the messaging of fighting back, are they, then is this a double layered song where it's like, oh, this is stupid. No, it's not. This is deep state shit. We need to fight back against that. Or is it saying like, you can't live your life with these bullshit ideas and unfounded theories. Like I do because you listen to it. I'm guessing more times than me, even though I listen, you actively listen to it more times than me. Okay. What I act, I'll say I actively listen to it. Uh, Please keep going. Keep going. Do you think this is them being in support of conspiracy theories or against conspiracy theorists? Um, I would love people to sound off um, because I didn't listen to it. The thing about this song is I ended up falling into kind of a, well, hey, would you be surprised I fell into a, a research rabbit hole looking up some of these conspiracies? So, like, I actively listened to it maybe one and a half times. Normally, I would actively listen to two before I took hard notes. But because I was re- there was a lot to research, I ended up going one and a half. I didn't get that impression that that was the joke. I got the impression that they were conspiracy theorizing. Not as dangerous as, say, the Q guys. I I, I, I sent you, uh, what, like, I think my takeaway was mm-hmm. that the clowns... Yeah, so this is, by the way, Don't Trust Birds, Conspiracy Theory of the Song. The clowns aren't as reckless slash dangerous as other conspiracy theorists, but they do open a few pitfalls or traps that the sub... The irony of, of conspiracy theorizing... There are, in conspiracy theories, a lot of them, there are going to be pitfalls and traps that the subjects of the conspiracies are going to use to control the narrative. Like, there's a, in a lot of conspiracy theories, there are grains of truth. I'll break it in the song. They, they start talking about uh, chemicals and foods and the sort of in, industrial science, industrial farming, and what that does to your food and to the farmlands of America. And like, yo, True. I don't know if you've seen, yeah, have you seen, uh, like, Food, Inc. is a great documentary that kind of goes into some of this? Uh, I, uh, I do want to say, on yeah. Genius, it is annotated, like, at the bottom, the About Me section. It says, Hawking is a satire song about absurdism and conspiracies Thanks. in the modern it's- day, referencing, like, the Hawks are the birds aren't real people movement in the lyrics okay. as well as the Illuminati. It is making fun of these conspiracies and the people who support them. Then you know what? Same notes, but thank fucking God yes. on some of these. Because again, stuff like stuff like the food and chemicals, oh, some of that, the, what Monsanto did to seeds. Are you familiar with that story at all? Yes. That's fuck it. Uh, should I break it down for the listeners real quick? Yeah. Um, so Monsanto uh, is, a, is, is a food chemical uh, company uh, and they were selling these uh, insecticide seeds. These are seeds that are sort of like chemically engineered to prevent uh, uh, bugs from getting your plants. Cool, kind of sketchy, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, do you want to buy them? No, I think we'll go. We'll go. We'll go the more natural route. Okay. Well, we sold them to your neighbors, and we have a patent on the seeds. That's important because uh, seeds travel. That's been true for seeds forever mm-hmm. uh like th- th- like they evolve in a way that the wind carries them or maybe an animal picks up a fruit and ends up carrying it over to the next farm and they found the, pa- the chemical patent that monsanto put on these products on these seeds in other farmers and they start because their chemical was in their farm because again the wind or an animal mm-hmm. they were able to sue these in- these these farmers 
for everything. And that's fucked. Yeah. And it, all of a sudden they put the monopoly like, hey, you have to buy our seeds because it's going to end up in your soil one way or the other. And if you don't buy our seeds, we're going to sue the shit out of you. That's real. That's happening. Yeah. That's a good conspiracy. That, and that's something that's not a conspiracy. That's just something that's not talked about. Yeah. But should be. The problem with conspiracies. Yeah. Uh, it, it, technically, it is a cons- like if anyone is conspiring, it can still be a conspiracy. But the conspiracy theories to actual conspiracies are different because a theory has not been proven. Yes, yes that's much better. Uh, that's a good conspiracy. That's good to uncover. The water is turning the frogs gay. That's not what we're talking about. And that's the kind of shit that people like, like you go into the Monsanto stuff and you're like, hell yeah, cool. I'm learning about this. You become, you might, you are a little more vulnerable to Alex Jones, frogs, uh, water turning the frogs gay. I think the big one I got, I got into, there's four lines. Uh, and I learned about a new conspiracy today, James. I'm going to yeah. tell you all about it. Uh, in the second verse, uh, did you know, quote, did you know they control the music our kids hear, trying to program the population and steer them into private prisons? Because the more inmates means the more intake the fucking bitch makes. This is a reference to a conspiracy from 2012 called The Secret Meeting That Changed Rap Music and Destroyed a Generation. The long of this is that in 2012, an anonymous letter was posted describing a secret, me- in, uh, a secret meeting in 1991 between uh, heads of the music industries and investors in privatized prisons, industrial prisons. Uh, And it was was a meeting to promote gangster rap to fill prisons to turn a profit. Damn. And it's like, yo, you know what? Parts of that are true. Absolutely. The industrial prison system and privatized prisons are a huge problem. Mm -hmm. That absolute... And I am... Like, there are enough evil, intelligent people in there that are using the media to so, to fuel their prison systems. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The problem with this letter and this idea of there was a meeting is that it becomes reductive to gangster rap, right? First of all, the timelines don't really all meet up because, like, it's, it's not like uh, uh, black people in America being disproportionately incarcerated. It's not like that just became a problem after 1991. That's been a thing. The industrial prison system has been a problem. Like, it's reductive to gangster rap. It's, it, it, become, the, it becomes a tool of oppression, the letter, because it's reductive to gangster rap music. Like, gangster rap music is a reaction to the already disproportionate incarceration of black people in this country. People aren't being incarcerated because of gangster rap music. Yeah. It's the other way around. We have gangster rap music because people, and this and this letter and this conspiracy misses that point entirely. Um, I pulled some. I pulled some quotes because it's it's a very. I sent James. A, uh, there's an NPR article. It's very uh, now hip hop. Now a hip hop conspiracy theory sheds light on the cracks in America. Uh, I think it. I think it deals with it pretty well. Where like, it, in that there's truth in it. Uh, Charlie Braxton, a hip hop journalist from Mississippi. Whether or not that's true, we don't know. But I can say this. After the LA riots, there was a dearth of conscious rappers being signed. And you saw an explosion of gangster rap records and apolitical records being signed and promoted. Do you think that's an accident? Like, that's a good... I'm sure the industrial prison complex loved... like, And, af- and after the LA riots, absolutely wanted... like, And people in power, like, like not just the industrial prison system, this... Straight up the FBI, straight up to the top. 
People didn't want to empower black people, so they, so they promoted apolitical records as opposed to political records. If you told me that happened, of course. That's not surprising at all. That's terrible. And that should be talked about. I, d did this conspiracy thing also go into, hey, in 1990, the parental advisory sticker started being used. So that would mean, hey, we see this uptick in just parental advisory albums. Oh, we can start using this all the like we can start promoting gangster rap with these parental advisory stickers to guarantee that they'll sell. And uh, that if you were to be going into this conspiracy, I think you should also include that. I could I didn't I didn't come across that. My only thing with that is that there might be that might be a correlation causation because everywhere uh, someone else. And I didn't I didn't I didn't directly quote this, but I liked I should have because it's very true. This isn't new. We we as a culture, we as Americans have always loved, uh, you know, Western outlaw movies, mm -hmm. gangster, uh, uh, mafia movies, gangster movies. Like we've all, we, you know, from uh, Edward G. Robinson to the Godfather to you know, uh, 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 Mario Puzo's The Godfather. We've always been invested in this culture. Uh, so like that might be one of those things where it's like, of course, the parental advisory stickers was gonna sell. Yeah. What we're what we're talking about is how can we have what we're talking about is the industrial prison system. And in some ways, these are two. It's it, it, this letter. I'll read uh, the next. Uh, I want to read my next quote, actually, because I really like Regina Bradley, a hip hop scholar at Atlanta, who talks about the letter and this conspiracy being a further tool of the oppression as opposed to the key to unlocking it. Mm -hmm. uh, quote, it's not real, folks. It was propaganda that folks just took literally. I'm not saying that there aren't direct connections between the prison industrial complex and media. That's not what I'm saying. The actual that actual letter, though, was almost like a was, was almost like a catch all. I just feel like it was used to amp folks up and add to the paranoia and anxiety around hip hop culture and transition in directions that it was going. That second part, amp up folks to add to the paranoia and anxiety around hip hop culture. I also have uh, the fi a final thought on uh, writer Norm Shriver, who says, perhaps music execs made far more money selling music than they did filling prisons. Perhaps gangster rap, with its violent, desperate, and impoverished musical pre uh, predilections, was a reflection of what these young artists saw on the streets every day. Mm -hmm. That it was a reflection, and that America has far bigger problems than censoring the musical account of that reality. That it's the other way around, that gangster rap came out and was so popular. Maybe the apolitical stuff was promoted, true, but gangster rap was popular. You know, Ice-T was popular. The NWA were popular because this shit was already happening. It's not just about this conspiracy. I think that relates to conspiracy, conspiracy theories on a whole. Yeah. Like, something is definitely happening. The industrial prison system is real and is utilizing culture and media to turn a profit on the backs of people. That's true. But there's a but that correlation causation fallacy in this particular letter uh, is why conspiracy theories, theorizing is so dangerous. You're left with the most sensational form of the story that ignores what you can actually do to stop this. And that's and that's what if, if like if you're into conspiracy, if, if you know people who are into conspiracy theories or like. You're like, you agree. Like, that's the thing. I, with a lot of the, I agree. There are things that are happening that we're not talking about enough. Yeah. But if you're, a, th but the theorists are just, if you're sensationalizing the story to make, or to, or simplifying it in a catch all and you're missing the important nuances, 
you're doing more harm than good because you're still burying the truth. Yes. So Pete Holmes back in the day, it, like early 2010s on You Made It Weird, would say like, hey, I'm a rational thinking person. But when I would go down 9-11 inside job rabbit holes, you better believe I started being like, oh, holy, you want to know what? This does start lining up with this and that. Like it's. Uh, to to start dogging people who are into conspiracy theories, if you're casually into them because you're like, this shit's just cool, that's fine. Like, it, it's just like being into crime docs or well, I, murder docs. Mm, Those are fine. I still want to dog people who are into conspiracy theories because they cover up people who are into conspiracies. If you're into conspiracies, yeah, because that shit's happening. If you're into, if you're taking conspiracy theories a little too seriously, you're kind you're probably fucking shit up. I'm not saying you should talk. I, I'm just saying it makes sense why people do get into conspiracy theories. Yeah, I get it. But it doesn't make a lot of it okay. Because uh, Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying, like, it's still like you can start going down rabbit holes and start getting into these conspiracies. And some of them I think are okay to be into like aliens and shit, even though the, that's starting to less and less become a theory and become a reality. Now that yeah. the United States government is uncovering and declassifying some information that is like, Oh aliens wait, real holy as shit. Hell. Yeah. So aliens real as hell. But you know, when you start getting into, Oh, the media is trying to turn everyone gay. Be like, oh, th this is this is a differentiation. When it is a conspiracy theory that is just a fascinating thing that is just like yeah, this. This could happen if I started saying like cats are really aliens and they're like observing us and they can talk. That is fine for someone to think it, like if someone starts taking it too seriously, they might have another condition on them. But when it is things that it's a conspiracy to demonize a marginalized people. That's when it starts get because then it's just bigoted conspiracy theories. Where if it's just like general conspiracy theories, I am fine with someone being into those as long as just like any yeah. obsession or hobby, when you start obsessing about it, it's now bad. I mean, I agree with a lot of that. I think it goes a little more uh, because sometimes being bigoted isn't clear. I think going back on this letter. When you first hear about this letter or you first come across this letter, you don't feel like you're being bigoted. You feel like you're on the right side. Like, oh, wow, they had this. They had record execs and the prison industri the, the industrial prison system had this meeting to promote gangster rap, a political gangster rap to put more people in prison, to put more black youth in prison. I'm against that. I'm going to believe in this theory mm -hmm. and not be bigoted. I'm against that. But when you go deeper, which you need to do. You realize that actually, no, this this particular letter does more harm than good because it ignores a what a what the culture of gangster rap is trying to do. It puts it, it puts it in too much of a small box. Yeah, that's the difference between, I guess, being well read, not even being a conspiracy theorist, being well read in stories that are not talked about in stories that are being like purposefully buried in the media versus being a conspiracy theorist, because conspiracy theorists will hunt out. This is a sensational story. This meeting would be would make a great movie and makes such a good story to kind of simplify everything into a box. Yeah. But it buries the truth. And that should be your number one. If you're into looking for the truth, like that's why you that's why it's not that's that's my problem with conspiracy theorists. Conspiracy theorists aren't looking for the truth. 
They're looking for fun. They're looking for conspiracies, oftentimes to prove something they already believe. Yes. So, so yeah, that's but what I'm mainly saying is like people who are casually into conspiracies. You're not a casually into conspiracies. Yes, You're but, not casually into conspiracies because well, these no, conspiracies I mean, yeah, yes, you, aren't casual. No, you can casually be like podcasters, like my friends, according to an idiot, check out their podcast. They talk about conspiracy theories. Okay. That's, they're into that type of thing because they like reading to be like, what are, what are people up to on this whole bullshit? The, like, what if so you're a scholar? Watching, that's more people watching yeah, than, so I'm I guess, saying, conspiracy like, theorizing. Yeah, like, you can still be into things. Like, I'm into gangster rap. I have not lived any of that life. Doesn't mean like I'm now going to go into that life. Just like you can be read up on conspiracy theories and still enjoy conspiracy theories and the idea of them without becoming a conspiracy theorist yourself. Sure. The culture of conspiracy theories and what it is to be a conspiracy theorist. I am a, I am talking about conspiracy theorists. Okay. I that's that's what I'm talking about. And because you can it's weird, especially when you're younger. You can sort of be a casual people watcher in this culture and then become a part of that culture. And there really isn't, other than being a ca other than being an observer, there is no casualness about mm -hmm. being a conspiracy theorist. And that's that's like if that's not a if that's not a red flag, it really should be. Yeah. Because the second that's the thing. If you're into if and if you're into discovering the truth, hidden truths that people aren't talking about, cool. If you're trying to simplify the truth and generalize, because a lot that's what a lot of this is when people say spew, spew, uh, spout out these bigoted facts and these or these uh, these bigoted thoughts and then go like that, but those are just facts. Those are just numbers. Those are num those are numbers being interpreted to generalize a people to put a to put a group of people into a box uh, into a man. If we learn anything from fucking the dog. You don't put the man in the box. Yeah, speaking of the dog, I'm that type. Those are our two songs. Sean, what you got to plug? I don't know, man. Fuck, that uh, That took a I lot out of me. I said five minutes, and we went, I believe, 25 minutes. I'm blaming the ringmaster for that. No, no, I'm saying about the we song, I, And I knew that wasn't going to be five minutes. Before we started, I messaged you, hey, we got to put the Hawking at the end. Because we have to talk about Goose VK on Twitch. Hey guys, patreon.com forward slash MLM pod, where for $5 a month you get that shit. Also, you get shout outs on every single free feed, and then you can listen to Straight to Patreon with Sean, Lil Corey, and myself and Nicole talking about Troll 2. Starting with shout outs, though, the $10 patrons get is Steve F. Lay down, dog. Eric Berry of Ranger Command Power Hour. Bad dog. I wonder what Sean's roommate is thinking about all of this. Alex Z, the Waz. Go out, dog. <laughs> Orion, a.k.a. Rapper Defo. Bad dog. Now all I can think is your roommate in the other room. Two grapes, Kayla. Let down, dog. Jordan B, the Chaos Witch. Bad dog. I don't think I said Orion, a.k.a. Defo. He's a rapper. Let down, dog. Joshua, my brother-in-law. Bad brother-in-law. Steve Barnes, the co-host of Sweet Child of Time. Let down, dog. My mother. Bad dog. And Lil Corey's best friend and roommate, Shane. Ch cheese and bread. Cheese and bread? What? That's Is that... Oh you, didn't listen. oh, you don't remember Hungry? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, okay. I thought that, that was another the dog thing. I actually do have the perfect joke to end this. What's up? Hey, man. 
That cheese? That's not your cheese. That's my nacho cheese. Sean's going to get a noise complaint from his roommate. I'm going to get a noise complaint from myself. I'm sick of this shit. See you guys. Bye. Bye. This has been a Marshland Media production produced by James McCullum. For more content, please visit mlmpod.com. To support our network and have access to exclusive podcasts, head over to patreon.com forward slash mlmpod and sign up today. Oh, yeah.